0: My name is Dr. Lara May, and I am your host of Light Body Radio. And today I want to talk to you about your fabulous guts. That's right, I want to talk to you about your microbiome, digestion, and the effects that it can have on your health and your immune system. And why, why, why would you think? Well, the main reason is because the gut can be the central source of so many of our um, health problems and ailments that plague us on a daily basis. The gut really is the gateway to your health. And the gut is a complex system that includes every part of your body involved in digestion. It starts in your mouth and includes the esophagus, your stomach, your small and large intestine, your anus, your gallbladder, your liver, your pancreas, your nervous system, your immune system, and the trillions of bacteria that live in your gut, which is the main home of your microbiome, and then elsewhere throughout your body. If any one of these parts of your digestive system goes out of whack, your whole gut and then your whole system suffers as a result, and eventually you'll you'll start to feel various symptoms. If you always feel great after eating, then you probably have a good healthy gut. If you have one to three bowel movements per day, if they're solid and well-formed, then you probably have a good healthy gut. If you do not experience gas, bloating, cramps, or pain after eating, then you probably have a healthy gut. If you don't notice undigested food in your stool, you're going to have, you probably most likely have a healthy gut. If You have no need for digestive medications like probiotics digestive enzymes or any of the other um, Supplements that I'm going to go over at the end for gut healing Then you probably have a healthy gut if you do not experience GERD which is Gastroesophageal reflux disease or otherwise called heartburn or any other acid reflux systems symptoms then you probably have a healthy gut but If you don't feel good after eating, if you don't have enough bowel movements every day and you should be having at least one every day, or if you are experiencing gas, bloating, cramps, or pain after eating, or you're noticing the undigested food in your stool, or you are noticing that you have to have your digestive enzyme, or you will have these symptoms, or you have consistent heartburn, then those are signs that your gut is out of whack and it needs some healing. And that's okay, but recognizing where your body needs help is the first step to getting on that healing path. Signs and symptoms of poor gut health can manifest all over your body, and I'm just going to run through a list so you can see. Acne is a sign of poor gut health, ADD and ADHD, anxiety, arthritis, asthma, autoimmune disease. Belching, bloating, blood sugar imbalances, cancer, chronic coughing, chronic fatigue, congestion, constipation, which is having fewer than one bowel movement per day. Depression, diarrhea, difficulty concentrating, dizziness, fatigue, fibromyalgia, frequent illness, headaches, heartburn, hormone imbalance, infertility, insomnia, intestinal spasms, irregular periods, joint pain, low white blood cell count, mood swings, nausea vomiting, Passing more than normal of gas, like all the time. Seasonal allergies, skin rashes, which include eczema, hives, and rosacea. Stomach pain, stuffy nose or chronically runny nose. Thyroid imbalance, weight gain, or inability to lose weight. All of these are signs of poor gut health. So it's really important to take some time and pay attention to how you feel after you're eating while you're eating, and maybe if there are some certain foods that are triggering you. And I mentioned before, the definition of constipation in the functional medicine world is fewer than one bowel movement per day. And um, if you go to a normal GI doc, um, like I did when I was, let's see, 23, I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome. And my doc told me that as long as I was having at least one bowel movement a week, then I technically wasn't constipated. Now, I don't know about you, but anybody that's probably gone longer than just a couple of days starts to feel really uncomfortable if they haven't had a bowel movement. So, I think I'm in total agreement with the functional medicine definition of constipation, which is less than one movement per day. Some people, you're lucky enough to have more than one movement per day. And... Um, That's great. We're all different, but we, in order to be removing the toxins and removing things from our body that we don't need, we need to be having regular bowel movements because that's one of our body's mechanisms of detoxing. The good news here is, is that healing your gut and healing yourself is totally within your power. So I want you, if you're feeling powerless or you're feeling like maybe you've been struggling with some of your own digestive symptoms for a really long time, don't worry, there is hope and you can heal yourself. So let's take a quick quick little tour through how our digestion works. So the first thing is your digestion actually starts when you see and smell food. And I don't know if you've noticed, Sometimes, even just thinking about certain foods can get you salivating. So, when you see and smell food, that triggers your brain, which then triggers your salivary glands, which are in your mouth that produces um, saliva, your spit. And within your saliva uh, are all these little enzymes. And so, with that first bite, as soon as the bite goes into your mouth and you start chewing, those enzymes go to work, breaking down, starting to break down the different components of whatever it is you're eating. So, your teeth are masticating and they're chewing and they're making whatever you just put in your mouth smaller, but there is some chemical reactions happening already to help that digestion get started. So the enzymes in the saliva break down first the simple carbohydrates. So those would be um, things found in starchy foods or if you're eating bread or anything with sugar. So um, those get broken down first because it's easiest. And then the second is you chew your food, you're breaking it down into smaller fragments, you're swallowing, and the food travels down your esophagus into your stomach. Now, what I haven't mentioned yet is that at the same time all of this is happening, your brain is also telling your stomach to get ready, food's coming, and it starts to produce a little extra um, HCL and pepsin and the the, um, acids and chemicals that are in our stomach. So various chemicals break down the food further once it gets to your stomach. The main one of those in your stomach is HCL or hydrochloric acid. So, the food enters your small intestine from there, from your stomach, and that is where most of your food is actually digested. The small intestine also secretes hormones that signal your pancreas, liver, and gallbladder to initiate their roles in the digestive process. Insoluble fiber, so those would be things um, like plant sources. Um, like broccoli or leafy greens, those are all sources of insoluble fiber, and water move on into the large intestine for final absorption, and any leftover waste is eliminated through um, the feces and through that elimination process. So that's just a really quick and simple explanation of how digestion actually works. So... You might be wondering, okay, that's all fine and well, but how does just that simple process trigger all of these inflammatory things to happen? Like, why would I have depression from my stomach? Or why would I have ADD or ADHD from my stomach? Or autoimmune or any of the things that I listed earlier, and the list was quite comprehensive. Um, And that really comes down to what scientists have started to call leaky guts, And you may or may not have heard of that about this, but essentially within the lining of your small intestine, you um, and I'm going to um, I should probably just start to explain it in detail now. So um, your small intestine is really amazing and that's where most of your digestion takes place. And the only reason it's called small is because it is a smaller diameter than your large intestine, but really there is over 20 feet of small intestine all curled up within your abdomen. That's pretty amazing. So within the small intestine are these tiny little projections called villi. You can think of them as like little hairs. And when nutrients flow through the small intestine, they get caught on these projections projections, which look like, like I said, little hairy fingers. The little hairs on your villi are called microvilli. So you have the villi and the microvilli. And the whole portion of your small intestine is known as the brush border because it looks like a giant hairy brush. So the hairs of the brush sweep the nutrients in amid the flow of your newly digested food. So if you can just imagine the foods flowing through and as it's going, the microvilli is um, sweeping up what it needs. The nutrients are then directed towards these um, little special channels called tight junctions. And these hold the cells of your epithelial wall tightly together. So, again, your tight junctions actually hold the wall of your small intestine together. Passing through these tight junctions, the nutrients then enter your bloodstream, which carries the nourishment to every part of your body, exactly where um, each component is needed. When your digestion is working well, your tight junctions keep all but the smallest molecules of food from passing through the intestinal wall. They're very specific. But when your gut health is compromised, you will develop you can develop something that's known as leaky gut, and leaky gut is when those tight junctions are compromised and the small intestine's ability to absorb nutrients is also compromised. So, once your villi and microvilli are damaged, this reduces the surface area of your small intestine. And one of the reasons your small intestine is so amazing at absorbing so many nutrients is because of all these little folds that it has in it really increases the surface area. And so, the more surface area, the more nutrients that can it, it can absorb. But again, once your um, these little villi macrovilli microvilli are damaged, then um, that ability goes way down. And although conventional medicine recognizes this phenomenon in celiac disease, they really don't recognize the um, title or umbrella of leaky gut, which is kind of ironic, isn't it? So leaky gut not only limits the potential um, nutrient absorption, it also causes the walls of your intestine to link leak and your tight junctions to begin to come apart so if your tight junctions begin to come apart then then more than just the tiniest little nutrients are able to get through right so all sorts of forbidden items can slip through those tight junctions out of your gut and into your bloodstream including toxins unfriendly microbes partially digested food and a number of things that can cause inflammatory reactions all over your body I wanna break this down for you in a little bit more detail so you can sort of have an idea of how this all connects with your immune system. So zonulin is a chemical that is in your small intestine. So zonulin signals the tight junctions of the uh, enterocytes to open, and this allows the nutrients to pass through the gut barrier. So keep that in mind. So it's a chemical signaling that is natural Um, And it's supposed to open these tight junctions, again, just for the smallest nutrients possible, not all the other crap. So then you have something like, let's say, gluten. This also stimulates the the, um, the enterocytes to overproduce zonulin. So now you have too much zonulin that is still triggering the tight junctions to open, and they're opening wider and wider, and sometimes they even break apart. And so then the undigested gluten passes through the gut barrier, still intact, and this irritates the tissue and incites the enterocytes to release chemicals that attract lymphocytes. And lymphocytes are a part of your immune system, and they're composed of B cells and T cells. So these little um, cells called helper T cells, which are part of your immune system, then find foreign, the find the foreign particles and send the signals to attract more lymphocytes to come and help out. So then the B cells release antibodies that attack and damage the tissue because they see these foreign invaders, and the chemicals and these chemicals attract more and more. So if you, I'll give you a, a very very simplified idea of how the immune system works. Usually you have one little trigger and then what your body does is it sends the cells, these B cells and T cells to start destroying the invader. And then it keeps sending the cells until it feels like the threat is abated. And so sometimes you can have something and that gets really, um, I don't want to say blown out of proportion, but it it grows larger and larger and larger because this is how the body works to um, keep invaders at bay. So the killer T-cells further attack the enterocytes, further weakening the gut lining, increasing intestinal permeability, and causing inflammation. And this can become a really vicious cycle that, as you can see, once those tight junctions are damaged, then all of these bad things that aren't supposed to be in our bloodstream will enter our bloodstream, cause inflammation, and cause what we call more downstream reactions. So what are some things that can cause leaky gut? Well, one main thing are challenging foods and food sensitivities. Or So what are those? Alcohol, dairy, eggs, gluten, GMO foods, because your body sees those as foreign. They don't recognize Um, GMO foods as natural, grains and pseudograins, legumes, nightshade vegetables, which include tomatoes, which breaks my heart because I love tomatoes and I still eat them anyway, but I know it's not good for me, (laughs) and sugar. So all of these things can contribute to leaky gut. Um, If you're uh, fighting cancer and you're going through chemotherapy, this can also contribute to leaky gut. Um, Gut infections and imbalances like parasites SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth, and yeast overgrowth can also contribute. Medications, if you're on acid-blocking medications like Pepsid or Zantac or even um, the um, PPIs like Protonix or Nexium or uh, Prilosec, those can definitely um, alter your gut and cause leaky gut. Uh, If you are on chronic antibiotics or you were, let's say, like as a teenager or an adolescent, uh, maybe you were on antibiotics for your acne, that can definitely screw with your microbiome and cause leaky gut. Birth control pills, which I think is something that's not talked about enough, definitely alters our microbiome and contributes to leaky gut. NSAIDs, which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which include aspirin, ibuprofen, ketoprofen, Ketorolac, and diclofenac. Those are the most common ones. Um, If you chronically take those, maybe you're a migraine sufferer, maybe you have chronic muscle pain or something, those uh, definitely interrupt your gut lining, which contributes to leaky gut. And chronic steroids, so something like prednisone, dexamethasone, those also can lead to leaky gut. Toxic mold, radiation, and stress, both from physical stress, like illness or lack of sleep, or emotional stress, anxiety, and sometimes even surgeries can cause leaky gut. So how do you know if you have leaky gut? Um, If you are suffering from... Any of the following that I read and your symptoms are intense or frequent or intense and frequent, then you most likely want to start exploring a gut healing protocol of some sort. So if you have anxiety, depression, or brain fog, then you definitely want to look at the health of your gut system. Again, if you're already suffering from digestive issues, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, weight loss or fat malabsorption. If you are having irregular periods, have horrible PMS or you're perimenopausal or you're having menopausal symptoms. If you have frequent colds, flus, or infections, joint pain, muscle pain, or any autoimmune disorder, if you have a parasite, parasite infection or you um, are already you already know you have SIBO or um, a candida overgrowth. If you have any nutrient deficiencies like iron deficiency, anemia, or if you've been tested and you know you have some vitamin deficiencies or omega-3 fatty acid deficiency. And if you are starting to have skin eruptions like acne, eczema, or rosacea, all of these are physical manifestations that there is something amiss in your gut and in your microbiome and you most likely do have leaky gut. So... What do we do next about it? So within functional medicine, we have what we call the four R's protocol. And this is a protocol that the founders and um, practitioners of functional medicine developed in order to help you heal and protect your gut. So the name comes from the four key steps. Number one is remove, number two is restore, number three is re-inoculate, and number four is repair. So step one, remove the bad actors. You want to remove anything that is disrupting the environment of your GI tract or contributing to your leaky gut. So you will want to remove inflammatory foods, which include gluten, grains, legumes, dairy, sugar, nightshade vegetables, eggs, soy, any processed foods, any additives, and any preservatives. And depending on how bad your situation is, you also want to consider removing alcohol and caffeine and as many medications as safely possible Um, after, obviously, you discuss this with the healthcare practitioner, any that are likely to be stressing or irritating your gut. Finally, you will also remove intestinal infections such as yeast, parasites, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, all of which can wreak havoc on your gut. The number one food to remove is gluten. And this is not a fad, there is science to back this up. So please, when I when you hear me say gluten, don't just roll your eyes and just be like, oh, whatever, this is just, you know, fad diet eating. It's really not. The protein found in wheat, rye, and other grains Gluten appears in pasta, bread, pancakes, waffles, and baked goods. And in a very large opinion of many uh, functional medicine practitioners, is the number one health hazard in America because it's so inflammatory. So step two is restore the good. So once the bad is out, it's time to bring back the good. In this step, you restore the essential nutrients and the essential ingredients for proper digestion and absorption that might have been depleted by the diet, medications, disease, or um, aging processes that you were experiencing before. So in this step, we will add back in the digestive enzymes in supplement form to, um, to get those balanced out again uh, because without these enzymes, you just don't digest your food properly which leaves your digestive system stressed out and leaves you undernourished. You might also actually need to supplement with HCL, your natural stomach acid. And there are supplements that are um, HCL designed for uh, gut rebalancing. Because if, you're, if you don't have enough stomach acid in your stomach, then you're not going to be able to break down the proteins that um, it's meant to. So think about... The acid blockers and the PPIs that are um, just rampant and I feel like they're now part of our diet too because so many people suffer from heartburn. And while they are effective for, you know, treating your heartburn, what they're doing in the long run is decreasing the amount of stomach acid in your stomach, which is preventing you from digesting your food, which is then preventing you from absorbing the nutrients in your food. So... Maybe start to see how all of these things have consequences. You know, both for our health and and for our digestion. So step three is re inoculate, and we do this with healthy bacteria. And I think I think too part of this re inoculation includes digestive enzymes and the stomach acid. So. um Your body needs a healthy balance of good intestinal bacteria, and these friendly bacteria are frequently depleted by antibiotics, steroids, again, the acid-blocking medications, poor diet, stress, and many other factors um, that we encounter in our daily lives. So probiotics, these can be taken in capsules or powders or even liquids, and they replenish your little army of friendly bacteria so that it can help protect you from the world around you because that is, um, our skin is our largest organ, it is our first defense against infection, but I would argue our uh, microbiome is probably our second largest um, action of defense against the outside world of infection and, and disease. So I want to mention a little caveat here about yogurt, kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, and other fermented vegetables. They are a great way to support your healthy bacteria naturally, but a lot of these, especially the yogurt and kefir, can be filled with sugar and um, made from factory farmed dairy, which is then going to be filled with uh, antibiotics and other bad chemicals. So, um, these things, the sugar and the extra fiber that comes with them actually feed the bad bacteria that's overgrown in your, in your digestive tract, if you're suffering from a leaky gut. So, um, make sure that you have balanced out your gut bacteria and that you don't have an overgrowth, uh, before you go down the path of yogurt and kefir. Um, sauerkraut and pickles and other fermented vegetables I think those are good because they are vegetables especially if you're maybe making them yourself from your um, homegrown garden vegetables or maybe you're a member of a CSA or some sort of veggie share Um, those are great but again I would caution about yogurt and kefir just because of the sources can be very unreliable and you don't want to do more harm than good so once your gut is healed I do recommend that you load up on the non-dairy fermented foods. Again, raw sauerkraut, kimchi, and fermented vegetables. But make sure your gut is healed so that you're not doing more harm than good. And you can tell that your gut is healed when you are off your medications to treat all of your digestive problems, and your symptoms have dramatically improved. So I also recommend keeping a little journal and writing down um, what I ate today, how I felt. And, and, and it's not to pass judgment or to beat up on yourself, but it really is to track your progress through this healing process once you've decided to um, start changing things. So step four is repair the gut. And we need to repair the gut lining wall, which we again also do through supplements. And one of the a really good supplement that I really like is L-glutamine. It's an amino acid that helps to rejuvenate the gut wall lining. Another one is omega-3 fish oils to help decrease your inflammation. If you have a fish allergy, then you can also get omega-3s through plant sources like hemp, chia, and flax seeds. And in addition, herbs like licorice root and aloe vera help soothe your gut and cool your inflammation, which also allows your gut to heal more quickly. So these are just some of the few things that I use with my clients when we're working through um, the gut protocol program that I have. And so these are things that you might want to look into yourself Or if you're looking for a practitioner to work with, I am more than happy to um, have a consultation with you and maybe um, and do a brief health history to see where you are. And um, maybe we could um, work together if that's something that you're looking for, something that you're interested in. So I hope you found today's episode informative and interesting and maybe some of the symptoms or conditions that I listed you could relate to and maybe you are tired of feeling that way or dealing with these things and are ready to do something to change it. And I so I hope that this at least inspires you to do some digging and do some more research. And again, if you are looking for a practitioner to work with, I am more than happy to see if we would be compatible working together. And even if we're not, I am always um, happy to answer questions and point people in the right direction for maybe local practitioners to them. Um, So, you know, again, this is something that I've dealt with personally, so I'm super passionate about it. And um, I know that a lot of people are, Um, suffering and battling with this. And, you know, we really don't have to be with just some simple changes in our choices and some very simple um, supplementation. And as quick as 30 days, really, you can really see a huge change if you are dedicated to healing and making these changes for yourself. So, I hope you have a fantastic next couple of weeks and I will catch you on the flip side for a next episode of Light Body Radio.